Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Rob Woodburn. He is founder of Regrow. We're going to talk to him about the work they're doing in cannabis, specifically around supply chain management. We're going to talk about what that is, how that's different from some of these other kind of areas, other technologies. And I love these conversations. I love this part of the cannabis industry because, you know, as we grow, as we mature, as, you know, we evolve as an industry, there's all sorts of solutions that need to get developed. You know, and a lot of other industries have developed these and we're just kind of figuring it out on the cannabis side. And I just, it's always fascinating to see how this stuff comes up, how it's similar, how it's different. So I'm excited to talk to Rob about what, what they've learned about cannabis, what they've learned about supply chain management, and really where kind of the where the industry is going and, and how we're going to get to higher levels and kind of new levels of operation. So with that, Rob, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of get into what you're doing with supply chain management and regrow, give us the backstory. I always find that there's always a story <laughs> about how someone got into cannabis, how someone got into weed. What was yours? Give us the uh, journey that you've been on. Yeah. So first of all, I wasn't a cannabis user until later in life. So I grew up as an athlete. I uh, mm-hmm. 
played uh, rugby through college, and I played for pretty at pretty high levels in the United States um, for about good ten to fifteen years after I was coaching and playing. And so, in my younger days, I was very anti drugs or anything that would you sure. bring into your body that was not good for you, right? And and we know about the demonization of cannabis, and we know how it's always been portrayed as this thing that is bad for us. And so, I just kind of you know you take you know when you're a kid and you and your parents and your churches and your schools are telling you that you take it at face value, right? And so so you kind of just go with it. Well, as I went through life, um, I definitely think that all those years playing contact sports, I developed probably what will be some form of CTE, but unfortunately you have to die before they could diagnose that. So, you know, I don't necessarily want to find out sooner. Sooner, I'd rather find out as late as possible. But, you know, as I was dealing with some of the things that happen when you're, when you when your brains, you know, neurons just start making the right connections because there's scar tissue in there. Yeah. It leads to problems, right? It leads to things. And, you know, at that time, being an, an athlete, I was probably leaning on um, opioids like Vicodin or or alcohol, you know, especially as a rugby player. I was drinking a lot. I drank a lot. I had a young family. And, you know, I, I don't think I was getting DUIs, but I don't think I was the nicest guy all the time while I was drinking. And so as life went on, uh, you know, I, I've had some success in business with um, some companies in the tech space and have had, you know, have had some financial success. And so, you know, as the stigma lifted from cannabis and, you know, growing up in Southern California with a bunch of surfers, I've obviously been mm-hmm. around cannabis a lot. I just yeah. chose not to use it. And so, um, as I, um, as I was seeing those problems, finally some friends were like, man, you, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just smoke out with us? <laughs> right. Just come yeah. on, just relax. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I, I really didn't enjoy it when I tried it in college cause I had that paranoid mm-hmm. experience yeah. and, I, and so as I learned more about it, I'm like, oh my, you know, there's so many different varieties and there's, so, you know, you can't really even talk about sativas and indicas because yeah, that's exactly. not really yeah, an accurate yeah. way to talk about it. Yeah. But what we do know is that there's so many different cannabinoids. There's so many different ways that this could work. But anyways, I, I did start taking it. And you know what? It was something that all of a sudden, when I started learning more about it, I didn't have the desire to stop drinking. But what's happened is over my time yeah. of using cannabis... I've just kind of stopped drinking as much as, and I think it really goes into the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body and it was been designed since before we were friends with dogs to work with Mm -hmm. us to help us control things like anxiety and stress and pain. And so I started doing my research because I I just like, I'm, I'm a little OCD and when I get kind of in my mind that I was fooled or I don't understand something, I really get into it and research it and as I started looking into cannabis more and more and more, it just became something that was um, maybe not a maybe not a a, a rebirth, but it really mm-hmm. just something where you know I I really looked at it and went like this is something that has been demonized and we've been lied to for so long mm-hmm. that it just I need to go out there and start promoting this for all these people you know like you know I, I don't want to bash any particular groups. But let's talk about the the Catholic Church. This is the reason. For 2,000 years, they've been telling us this stuff's bad. And it's really because yeah. they want to control our minds, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you come out there and you, and you, you find out that you've been fooled by these guys again, then it kind of gets on your nerves a little bit. And so yeah. I became kind of passionate about 
cannabis. And this was right after one of the other companies that I was a founder at had been acquired and we had, you know, and, and I'd already transitioned that company over to the company that purchased it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was going snowboarding with my buddy, Chris, who worked with me at the la you know, at, at ServiceNow, which was kind of our, you know, claim to fame as we worked at ServiceNow and we were founders there. And now it's an yeah. S&P 500 company. Yeah. So that's kind of our claim to fame that ever that we hang our hat on. Hopefully not. It. Hopefully we'll, we'll hang it on redo <laughs> after this. <laughs> but we also went in, and so Chris and I worked at, you know, early guys at ServiceNow, and then when we started Connective, which is the healthcare technology management company, okay. we started that based on the same kind of technology and the same kind of business model, and he came and worked with us there. And then he continued on at Accruent once that was once that was acquired by Accruent, whereas I left after I did the transition. But eventually, we're just driving up, going snowboarding. He's like, man, let's go and I hate working for the man. Let's go and do something fun again. <laughs> what do you want to do? We have success doing this. And I'm like, I really enjoy doing this, but when I worked at ServiceNow, you know, this is going to sound silly, but nobody knows what the hell those guys do, right? I work in IT service management, which nobody knows what that means. And all everybody wants me to do is fix their computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or get their email working. And at the end of the day, it's like ServiceNow is one of the biggest companies in the world. It's part of the S&P 500. We founded that in 2006, right? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh so we had a lot of success with that, and then we were able to replicate it with Connective. But that was healthcare technology management. So I went mm-hmm. from the from the bowels of IT and business to the bowels of hospitals, and I was always working with the guys that were stuck, you know, down with the staplers at the bottom, right? And it's just like, and it was fun, and we did some really great things. But this time, I was like, Chris, I don't mind doing this again, and I'm it. I'm down for it. But can we do something that's sexy? Can we do something that's meaningful? Can I do something so I don't that when be in I the basement anymore. yeah, I just like well, when I go to a dinner party, I want to tell somebody that I do this, and when I explain it, I don't want them to be like, I don't know what that means. Can eyes fix, play it over. Can you fix my email? I'm like, ah, I can't fix your email. I'm having a problem with my email. When are you going to help me? Yeah. Oh my god. I get all these pop-ups whenever I open my browser. Oh, I'm like, oh boy. Right. I'm, I'm curious. So I had a similar situation. Yeah athlete in, in high school, college, never really touched this stuff and then ended up breaking my back about six years ago, seven years ago. And, and someone turned me on to it. And I was, yeah, it was just like, where have you been all my life? Right. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it helped me with recovery. I was sleeping better, you know, lower anxiety. You know, so I'm curious, like, as you got into the space, how did it affect relationships, right? Whether, you know, professional, personal, family, I mean, was there coming, kind of adopting this or getting involved in cannabis, like how much of the stigma, you know, played out in terms of, you know, friends and family? Yeah, um, a great question. And I think as we get to know each other and, and if you get to know me, you'll realize that I'm, I'm pretty competitive and I, and, I, and I like to do my research. And once I find that something that there's misinformation out there yeah. about something, I like to get up on a soapbox yeah, and, dog and, a ask, <laughs> and ask people questions that they can't answer because I know that the conclusion is only going to lead to the truth, right? So yeah. for me, I kind of like being the antagonist and I like going out there. And I, what I really liked about cannabis is that there was demonization going on and especially by who was doing it and where it came from. Yeah. And then, you know, what I tell everybody, and I don't actually know if this is statistically correct or not. So I need to do some research, but I'm going to throw it out there for you anyways. My understanding is the only industry that's taking a hit in places where cannabisation, where adult use recreational cannabis is legalized is the low wind alcohol market, right? The low end beer market. It's not all of it. It's not the high end spirits. It's just, it's the low end liquor store type parts of the alcohol industry that are taking a hit in legal cannabis spots. If I would think that makes sense, because when I, you know, I always go back to, 
you actually reminded me what made me first start reconsidering my thoughts on cannabis. It was yeah. watch, I was watching Joe Rogan and yep. I was watching one of his comic routines and he was, I'm going to paraphrase because I'm nowhere near as funny as Joe Rogan, but he was talking about a drunk dad versus a stone dad. Yep. And he's like, who do you want your kids to hang out with in the evening? The dad that's drunk and telling everybody they're assholes and uh-huh. throwing stuff Abusive. around. Yeah. Or do you want the dad who's stoned and says, come here, buddy, give me a hug. Want to order a pizza? Exactly. And Let's I just did. laugh. <laughs> but like, like those are moments in your life, right? Yeah. It's like, that's why, that's why entertainment is, you know, that's why people spend so much money and why it makes so much money is because like, it's, you know, especially comedy. It's something that relates. Like when you could find a nugget that relates to your life, it's something that just changes the way you think about things. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to me. It's like, for you know, I respect Joe Rogan as not only a, a funny guy, but he's just an incredibly intelligent guy. Yeah. And so when I heard him say that, I'm like, you know what? If this guy, I mean, he's not right about everything. He's out there on some things, but <laughs> I'm like, if he's saying <laughs> there's this, a few things he's pretty good at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is yeah. What he's saying made sense to me in a way that you could go and reproduce that and actually get data on it. So for me, I was like, that's that's kind of big. And so I didn't have the interest to stop smoke or drinking a lot. Yeah. I just don't drink as much anymore. Yeah. Because I think that my my mental stuff that the endocannabinoid system was looking for for those you know receptors. Now mm-hmm. that I'm using cannabis, it helps me with well, like what you talked about, things like pain or anxiety or you know, you know, like everybody, you know, when you go through depressive states, it's like, do you want to go out and drink a six pack or do you want to just go and smoke some weed, smoke some weed and watch a TV show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I think I'm kind of off track again. I have no, it, to do it, that, it's but. good because I think I think that's a lot of it, and, and it's it certainly changed. I mean, I remember probably five years ago, six years ago, you know, friends and family, I think were a little bit more suspect. You know, I always joke. It's like in, in the beginning, everyone was like, "Ooh, really, cannabis?" And now everyone wants a job. Yeah, well, now it's <laughs> it's, just, now it's sexy, shift. and and the oh, reason yeah. why is because even the people that are trying to fight it still are running out of excuses. Yeah. It's like, well. Look at the places where it's legalized. Look at how it's helping their economy. Look at it. It doesn't matter whether there's COVID or not COVID, whether we're shutting down or opening up. doesn't matter what's going on in the world. The cannabis market still continues to make gains, and it's getting more widely accepted. And the reason for that is, and I tell everybody, it's because it's it's part of our bodies. It's it's something that we've been longing for for 2,500 years. So that and what we've been doing for 2,500 years is replacing it with alcohol and mm-hmm. opioids and other things that are not as healthy and weren't that that haven't been with us as a species since day one, helping us with these things in our local environments. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. So, to, and t- so tell us about regrowth. So how did how did the I- idea originally come about? The, what was the process of of actually building the business? Yeah. So, as a technology company, and and re- working with the companies that we worked with in the past, we've worked pretty much in all industries. I mean, from the biggest kind, like I've worked directly with with Google and Nike and Facebook and Johnson and Johnson and Deutsche Bank and Intel and just some of the biggest companies in the world, helping them solve their problems related to visibility in large organizations, tracking what's going on in the organization, helping management have visibility so they can help the the rest of the company operate efficiently, right? So we've had this experience through our whole careers. And so, you know, when, when we were making that drive back from Mammoth, I think we were down to two things that we wanted to start looking at. And one of them was drones. I live in San Diego, so a big military town. I live next to a bunch yeah. of guys who have been Marine pilots. So those guys have been flying drones for the last 10 years. And I'm like, okay, Amazon delivering with drones. 
I'm like, I either want to get into something involving drones or I want to get into something involving cannabis. Yeah. And so when we're making our drive back, we were talking about this stuff, listening to some Wu-Tang Clan, of course. And um, one of the guys in the car with us was like, oh, dude, I work. I'm, I'm actually from Washington and I know a lot of people in the cannabis industry. And the, dude, if, if, if we have something yeah. that solves a problem, we can make some introductions, right? And we can start talking to people. So that gave us the ability to say, okay, this sounds fun. Let's go start doing some research. So, you know, it's going to sound, this is where the fun part of the story going, you know, from a, a smoking weed on a trip, going uh-huh. snowboarding, listening to Wu-Tang, all of a sudden now we have to put on our big boy and our business hats yep. and we have to say like, yeah, Sharp starting, a re, you know, telling everybody we work in cannabis, that certainly will be fun and exciting. And I'm probably, it's going to probably lead to a lot of great conversations, but can we solve, is there a problem there and can we solve it? So that's where we started putting on our business person hats and we started looking at, okay, so what do we know with our technology? What are the things that we can solve? Okay, now let's go talk to people in the industry and ask them what their pains are. And what we started hearing is that nobody has visibility. There's a bunch, there's a plethora of different technologies that are, you know, because this is a, a... immature industry it's just coming up and so this isn't it's not surprising that a lot of the technologies grew up solving one problem in one facility that's the way that these things start now what regrow does is have the benefit of coming in maybe two years behind watching compliance and regulatory bodies start taking effect and watching how operators were and five years ago nobody was going to People could have guessed, but I don't think everybody thought that all of a sudden there was going to be so much money flooding in, so that everybody would be on these M and A strategies. Yeah. Try, you know, maybe we thought that Pfizer or Constellation was going to come in and make that, but we, I didn't think that we thought it was going to be, you know, the the parent company and Flower One and the, yeah. you know, uh, Glasshouse and all. Yeah, it wasn't going to be these guys. I thought it was going to be some big name like Marlboro or something. But yeah. now we see this consolidation. What's everybody's rush? The rush is to get become market leaders and yeah. have their branding noticed and trusted. Yeah. So what the rush is right now for this industry is it's like, and by the way, there's this compliance layer that's really complicated because the regulations say one thing, but the <laughs> enforcement <laughs> exactly. doesn't, necess- doesn't necessarily enforce it the way. The left hand isn't enforcing what the right hand wrote. Yeah, but and and it's really good that the government has taken this approach because we need it in order for the industry to be able to mature and for the for our operators to be able to get up to speed and understand what they're doing, much less how they're going to report on it. But what's happened is, is now we're kind of in that stage where the government's like, we're going to give you guys some time, and the operators like good we needed it and they didn't yeah. you know it's just like they didn't you know it's they didn't go and start planning for the compliance piece quite yet because it wasn't that important what we're seeing now is just uh, you know whether it's nevada or california or oklahoma or wherever we're seeing the auditors come in and show up on doorsteps and knocking on them saying okay we want you to show us where everything's at and yeah. now you know and what we do as regrows we go in there and we automate this and so before we even sign up a customer we're like okay hey we want to prove to you that not only can we can we manage your whole supply chain and get you compliant and give you the ability to plan over 24, 36 months, mm-hmm. be able to be able to automate onboarding of new facilities, be able to, you know, be able to help you understand where there's inefficiencies in your organization so that we can so we can fix those bottlenecks, right? So we can make sure that people are trained. We manage their skills for their workforce. We know who can do what. We know when people are working. And so we can automate the assignment of tasks. That's what's important to the business. 
And so as we do this, we're, you know, we come in and say, well, let us prove it to you before you, you know, you shouldn't spend any money on anybody until they could prove this. And once we prove it, then, you know, let's go ahead and help you guys run your business more efficiently, help you manage this vertical supply chain, or even a multi-state supply chain where we have multiple different compliance systems running mm-hmm. against different locations in their operation, right? We yeah. have to be able to track all that and provide visibility for them to be able to see that and then manage it. And the problem with having a bunch of different vendors that are, some of them are doing cultivation and some of them are doing distribution and some of them are doing time carding and others of them are doing inventory management and manufacturing. It's like, the problem is, is like, okay, so these little, these little silos are working, but getting that data out of it to an executive who's sitting in, let's say, you know, the Bay Area, yeah. it's really difficult because none of those systems talk to each other. So then you have to buy another system to create a data <laughs> lake or a data warehouse so you could try to consolidate all this data. And I guarantee it, by the time the executives look at it, it's three days old. Yeah. So if you're looking at data and you go like, hey, how come in house two and location three, it looks like we have a mold problem. By the time the executive sees that, they already know that it's three days later and hopefully somebody's taking care of it. What if we could give them that data in real time? Yeah. And what if we could align the whole organization so that everybody knew that we weren't trying to grow premium bud that was going to win the Emerald Cup? We were trying to grow a very yeah, consistent yeah. yeah, a very yeah. consistent biomass that would give us this yield and this potency so that way we could continue to send out a product to market, whether it's a gummy, whether it's a tincture, whether it's a bomb or a salve or a or after a flower in a bottle with a lid on it. My customer came in and this is the first time they bought cannabis and they went into their local dispensary and, and brought this product and they liked it. The sure way you can make sure they never buy that product again is if they come back in three three weeks and they buy it again and it tastes different (laughs) or it acts different all of a sudden instead of making you you know not have pain or have your pain easier so you could sleep instead it makes you anxious you're like well that was what i thought cannabis was going to do it'd be like it was just like rolling the dice yeah so what we could do is help these help these operators really kind of let the like we're we're not going to grow better cannabis than these guys, and we're also not going to make the business decisions for them to say, "Hey, grow flow wide over lemon haze because it's going to sell in mm-hmm. you know for ski season this year in Northern California." But what we they're going to have to make those decisions. But what Regrow does as a supply chain management application is we help not only provide visibility to everything from the raw materials all the way till it um lands on that retail shelf. Mm -hmm. What we also help do is manage their workforce. So we know they have workers. We know what skills are needed to do certain things. So now we can go and apply those skills to those people. And then when we take, you know, another way that a lot of applications and and the way that the world in cannabis is working right now is everybody has these priority cues, right? If you have a bunch of people and you have a bunch of tasks, how do you decide which one gets done first? Mm -hmm. Well, you have a priority one, right? And the priority one gets done first before priority two or priority three. Well, when you think about it, and if you think over your, you know, work history, every time that probably happens, the only thing anybody in that organization ever works on is priority ones, right? 
So if somebody had a priority four, which was like, I need a new, I, you know, I need paper clips mm-hmm. because it's a priority four. nobody ever gets that person paper clips. We could have set expectations that you have, you could two weeks. If you get me, I'm going to put in this ticket. If I get paper clips in two weeks, I'm going to be happy. But what happens because it's a priority four, nobody ever does it until two weeks have passed, three weeks have passed. And the person's like, all I needed was paper clips. And then how do we finally get the paper clips? We turn that P4 into a P1, and now somebody will get yeah. them paperclips because <laughs> because everybody's pissed off, right? Yeah. Well, that's the like that's a very that that that's an old way of running businesses. You know, there's there's better ways to do it, and the way that that we do it at Regrow is we use service level management, which is kind of a okay. big technical term. But what it means is you you have business units, and they have negotiated service levels between each other so yeah. therefore if i am a retailer and i want and i want let's say um a bunch of gorilla glue let's say i want my stocks my shelf stocked with gorilla glue for mm-hmm. the ski season coming up by october you know i want it in here by october and it's march well what i could do is if we're going to do this right we need to match this demand so what i need to do is ask my cultivation center to get me 800 pounds of gorilla glue right so that's what yeah. that's what my request is hey yeah. guys i need 800 pounds and i need it i need it on this date yeah I need it ready to ship by this date. Okay, so then what we're able to do is because we can go in and and now have a conversation where, hey, cultivation, this is where we're maturing the process instead of just going with a P1 where only P1s ever get worked on and everything has to become a P1 before it gets worked on. Now what we do is we go back and say, hey, cultivation, if retail wants 800 pounds of Gorilla Glue, how long, how soon can you get them 800 pounds? Well, now this is great because now that that cultivation manager can go, oh, shit, that's easy. I need, um, say, 18 weeks. I need 22 weeks Mm -hmm. to get them that, right? Whatever it is, that's probably not long enough. But, you know, to go through the curing and everything, (laughs) that's how long I need to provide them that. Or maybe maybe retail goes to distribution and says, hey, distribution, I need this. Or maybe they go to manufacturing and say, I need all these gummies. And and, and so it doesn't matter whether you're retail, distribution, manufacturing – outside customer, vendor, or retail store. It's just a demand. Like, hey, I want you, I want to buy this from you. I want this from you. Okay. Now the other person says, okay, well, if, you know, like if I'm retail, hey, if you walk into my store and it's on the shelf, you could buy it. If I'm cultivation, you're like, okay, I need to find if I have the capacity in my, in my greenhouses, I need to know what's in there right now and what's going in there next. Cause maybe we need to pull out some lemon haze to get this, you know, flow white going through or the gorilla glue going through, but I need to make a business decision as to, you know, what's the right thing to do. So that way I could call that that grower and say, Hey, skip this. We're going to put this in a, in the greenhouse too, because I have already got it sold. Yeah. You're pretty going to, you've got the, in the future. You've got, right, the, exactly. you've got the, the option or whatever. The- yeah. And now what we have is now we set expectations, right? So now we're like, Hey guys, if you order this, it's going to take 22 weeks. And now the business is able to sit back and go in along and not have to worry about it and make phone calls and check in on it. Because the expectation is going to be 22 weeks. And then what Regrow does as a supply chain management app vendor, we go through and we have that plan. So, hey, yeah. if you want to – so somebody's asked you to fulfill this. So now we're doing order fulfillment, right? And this is supply chain from raw materials all the way to it lands on a retail shelf as a sellable product. We need to make sure we have the inventory in stock for them to be able to fulfill this as it gets through every stage. So as they – you know, first we have to make sure we have enough clones. Do we have enough clones of that? If we don't have enough 
have clones. How are we going to source those clones to get them planted by the state? Great. Now that we've done that, the other things that we have to do is say, first of all, do we have any space in our facility, right? And so this is where capacity management comes into it, right? We can go through by rows and tables and how big a plan is when it's um, in veg to how big a plan is and how many spaces on a table it takes up when it's in flowering, right? So we can start predicting where they're all their stuff's going to go in which places to make sure it all fits so they could maximize their 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 capacity yeah. uh, their um canopy space. Yeah. Now, we also have to go through and make sure that if they're going to have a bunch of flour coming through that's going to go into jars, it's probably prudent to go and see if we have enough glass jars and lids and paper boxes mm-hmm. and the um the humidor things to go yeah. in those, right? And it sure would be nice if we have a bunch of stock sitting somewhere with, of those things that once we know that the order's coming in, that we allocate that inventory to this grow that's already in process so nobody else takes it so that by the time we get there we don't have a shortage so we go through and we do that ahead of time where we have grow plans that are forecast out for 24 36 months whatever they want to do as they put these in the system automates going through the inventory going and finding where these things are that we're going to need to get this particular recipe through on this particular date to get all the way through and then what we do is we say okay now what we also have to do is say not only are we going to have to grow this but we also have to do tasks around it, right? Somebody has to fix an HVAC. Somebody has to clean the room before it goes in. After we pick these, then somebody has to go in and, and sterilize that room again. So we have all these other tasks that are going on based on things. Yeah, it works well. Yeah. And we have to know what all of our people are capable of doing. Because once we know what all of our people are capable of doing by putting skills management in, right? So we have this skills management section where you have groups and you're like, hey, these, these groups have the ability to do mold control or PMI or they can go in and do trimming or bucking. Mm-hmm. And so once everybody has those skills, the other thing we could do is verify those. We could say, what if somebody doesn't hasn't been trained to do this? Can we get them training so that way we can the add time. them to this bucket, right? Yeah. The other thing that we do is we track financial data all the way through the whole system. So Regrow is the only system on the market that can provide others may hope they should try to get there one day. I don't honestly think they can because they there's there's just no way they could put all of these pieces to, of the puzzle together on the platforms the way they're currently architected. Mm-hmm. But what we're able to do is give them that visibility so that we could track it all the way through the whole supply chain. Well, I have a question. How much, I mean, how much of this is... Sort of, I mean, I, I think of a lot of these things as more ERP, you know, resource yeah. planning than, yes. than supply chain. Hey, give me a definition or, or, or how do I, you see this world? Thank you, because there is a difference. And, and so what happened is when we decided to come into the space back after we got done with that trip, first thing we did is say, what problem can we solve? Okay, we're good at process. Yeah. We're good at automation. Okay, we could go and solve that. Oh, C to sale. They all need C to sale compliance. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. started looking at that market. A plethora of companies are in that space. There's so many. And so we're like, well, this is kind of saturated, but we could probably do it better. And then we looked at some companies and nobody said they were supply chain management. We had several companies that said they were ERP. And coming from technology, Chris and I just kind of raised our eyebrow and looked at each other and go, this is going to be easy because I guarantee they are not ERP. So what's the definition of ERP and what's the definition of supply chain management? The, the definition of enterprise resource planning is one system that does not only finances and accounting, so does all your GL, does all your asset depreciation, does all your purchase orders and accounts receivable and accounts payable, so it does accounting. It also does supply chain management, which we'll go into the, you know, we talked about the definition of that before, but we'll go to it at the end again. 
They also have to do um, HR management. So we have to have all our people data and how we're hiring and, and where everybody's at and all their salary stuff. That has to be in an ERP system. We also need to have CRM. So we need a full customer relationship management if it's truly ERP. Yep. And then we have to have all of our, fi- our, our um, manufacturing and all of our compliance stuff for this to be a true ERP system. Well, here's what I absolutely guarantee. Not only is Regrow not an ERP system, they're anybody who claim mechanics, they claim that they're ERP. I guarantee they are not even supply chain management, let alone ERP. Mm. Leaf Logics, Cannabis ERP, 365 Cannabis, MJ Platform. They all claim they they they're they're bold enough to claim that they're ERP. They are nowhere near they're they're hardly um seed to sale compliance. They're hardly <laughs> CRM, much less this huge claim of ERP. The reason why they're saying that is because People understand ERP just means something big and complex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now let's, you know, like now we know that supply chain management is one component of ERP. And so, what is supply chain management? Well, supply chain management is everything involved with taking raw products. In our case, in this industry, clones or seeds, a raw product, and taking that and making it a product on a shelf. And it has to involve everything in between because that's the only way that we can make sure that we get it to the shelf on time as we wanted it, you know, based on our planning, right? Yeah. So that's what Regrow does. We actually go through, we start at cultivation. We not only automate and plan, help them plan and manage their cultivation centers, we also go through the whole supply chain. We go all the way up through um, distribution. So we help make sure the distribution is compliant and it's going in the right place. So we got first in, first out, all that good stuff. We go to manufacturing because, you know, you know, even even the um, operators that aren't necessarily doing manufacturing, like they're not making baked goods or candies or, or uh, the extracts and all that other stuff, th- they're still probably making pre-rolls at the very least or mm-hmm. at least bottle uh, um, packaging it before it goes out so there is still some some of that that's going on so we have to make sure that we got that in the supply chain and then we have to take it all the way up to manufacturing to put it through all those manufacturing systems to keep it compliant as it's going through that and then we have to figure out how to get it to the retail shelf and then once we get it to the retail shelf we have to make sure that it goes out through the right system and doesn't get stuck there or gets yeah. flipped or, or whatever. Then the other thing we have to do is keep in mind that there's remediation that happens, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. things get returned or sometimes things, you know, if we get a little bit of white mold on a, on a section of greenhouse two one day, mm-hmm. well, that's all right. Let's go in and take care of it. Or maybe it gets rejected because it comes back from the lab and we didn't catch it. Well, what mm-hmm. if we just go and fry this thing under some hot lights for a couple hours? Then, well, maybe we can sell it as premium flour, but we could probably sell it as um, as trim, you know, yep. once we get it good and, and, and we could still make money instead of scrapping that, right? So yeah. how do we how do we handle all these different processes that are going on all the way till it gets to the retail shelf? Yeah. And so regrow manages that which is kind of like the the entry level like okay to be a supply chain management vendor you have to be able to manage all that but what we put on top of it is performance so this is what the platform provides and this is the things that we've done before you know we do the service level management so we can help them instead of working from priority queues we could work to queues like what's out the business next if getting that person paper clips (laughs) 
within the two weeks is the next most important thing to the business because he only has one more day before it's been two weeks and now he's going to be pissed off. Well, then our highest priority for the day should be that low priority task of getting him his state or his paper clips because that's not hard to do. We just have to take the time and go and do it. And it's and even though we have a high priority like PMI, you know, might issue, we don't need somebody to go and do the mites and then start working in the greenhouse, then help them do a, a trim instead of going and getting somebody there on paper clips because the business has decided that that's the most important thing that needs to be not done yeah. next. Yeah. So what we do is we help give companies the visibility so they could see everything that's going on. We help them track finance data from all the way through the whole system from their from their GL all the way through to um, their POS. So we give them that financial visibility. We help them see where their workers are. We help them see every touch. So what happens is not only are we managing this so they could see it, Regrow is actually all those tasks for those people to go and do something, whether it's on their mobile phone or looking up at a board or you know doing it on their on their PC. It's all live. So now if I'm an executive sitting in in New Jersey, I could see what's going on in my Oklahoma and my California and my Illinois grows from one place because I have one system what's looking in and everything that I'm seeing is real time, which as a business allows us to say, holy smokes, I could now... You know, one of the things that we've seen a lot in this industry, and it's, you know, as we have these executives coming in from alcohol and tobacco and Mm -hmm. pharmacy, mostly consumer packaged goods, these are the guys that are going to help this industry really hit the markers. These consumer, you know, this is a consumer packaged goods industry. So as these guys with their MBAs and their experience come in, they're starting to realize that we just need to get more efficient at this whole process so they can start meeting demand. And this is what we're help, able to help them do, that we yeah. can give them the visibility. We can give them the planning. We can help with, uh, you know, when I a lot of organizations, like a lot of these um, vertically integrated or, you know, guys that are trying to become the biggest, what we're seeing is, is they might have five different facilities, but each facility is being run differently and yeah. the executive has no visibility yeah. to see what's going on. And if they have like, if they have one facility, that's kind of like a lighthouse that they're like this one, I wish all the other ones were doing that. They don't have an easy way to replicate Replicating, that. Yeah, pushing unless they take, them. unless they take their good head grower from the one and send them to the other oh, one no, and then just, production yeah. starts falling off at the one that he just left. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. Rob, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about regrow, what's the best way to get that information? Uh, definitely visit our website at regrow.io. Again, regrow.io on the web. Uh, they could look us up on LinkedIn. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody in the industry wants to connect with me, I'm more than happy to connect. I, I'm not, I don't hide behind uh, behind uh, <laughs> inboxes and that kind of stuff. So please just reach out. And if anybody wants okay. a demo, here's the thing. Yeah. What we do is we come in and we're like, listen, we, we would never ask anybody to give us a dime until we proved it working with their data, which means if you want to come in and see all your supply chain from seed to final sale, living and running in a system where you have all this visibility, we'll show it to you with your data at no cost. And then we'll say, okay, if you, if, if we show you this and you're interested, then yeah, then we can move on to the next step. So that's Perfect. kind of the, that, that would be our message. Perfect. I'll make sure all the links and everything are in the show notes so people can get through, click on that and get the, get the information. Rob, this is my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Okay. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. 
visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.